0: Said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and keep bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend to pink foam pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark.
1: So God made a farmer.
0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're joining me again today. This is episode 113, February 3rd, 2019. And today we're going to talk about building your own organic garden oasis with uh, guest Jackie Byer of the Organic Gardener podcast, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But before we do, let's talk about a few homestead updates. Well, we survived the polar vortex. And so did all the animals. Actually, they did pretty good. You know, I don't have a bunch of animals right now. We just have a few rabbits and a few quail. And they all did really well. I mean, I don't have them in a heated room, but they are out of the wind and, you know, dry. And... And uh you know, I just a little more trouble keeping them uh watered uh just things freezing up a lot faster, but you know it, it did all right. they did really really good, they seemed like they were thriving actually no no problems whatsoever, so we got through that it got down the wind chills got down like minus thirty something I mean it was really cold it was uh i think minus thirteen uh was the regular temperature and then wind chills in the minus thirties, so it was plenty cold enough to have some trouble, but we got through it i well, I did have a little trouble uh I'm going to be buying a new pump for my aquaponics tank come spring, because uh, the heater I had in there evidently quit working, and the entire thing just froze solid. So the uh, pump, I'm sure, fried. I pl- unplugged everything, but I'm sure it, uh, it busted it probably. So I'll be getting a new pump for that come spring, but no big deal. You know, things happen. I just, I wasn't keeping a very good eye on it. And I, I know it just didn't overpower the, the, uh, the heater, uh, because I also have one in my pond and you know, it's, it's, there's no ice on, on that pond at all. And, uh, so they're working, you know, it's working good. Um, it keeps things thawed out when it's working and it just, uh, you know, the, the one, in the, the aquaponics tank just didn't make it and uh, that, that will happen, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to cost me a little bit of money, but no big deal. Um, oh, I, I cooked rabbit yesterday for dinner. And uh, I cooked it a little different than I normally do. I want to tell you about it. it came out really, really tender, really good. And I cooked it in a pressure cooker. Uh, well, actually, I have one of them carry electric pressure canners. And it's a you know cooker slash canner. And um, I cooked it in that. Man, it was good. Uh, I just threw the whole rabbit in there. I parted it up, and I threw it in there. And I put in, I chopped up an onion and pretty big chunks and, and put it in there. Do um, some sweet potato in there, pretty big chunks of sweet potato, some carrots, some whole carrots and um, a little bit of uh, uh, chicken stock that I had uh, canned, and probably about a pint of that. And, man, did that come out great. I put it in there for about 20 minutes, uh, and it's uh, just so tender, so good. And I just thought, well, I'm going to share that, because I thought that was a really good way to cook it. I, I mean, one of the drawbacks of, of cooking rabbits sometimes, if, especially if you fry it uh, you know, or cook it fast in, in some ways, it, it, it's a little tough. It can be a little tougher than chicken, um, a little more fibrous than, than birds. So, you know, rabbit, it tastes a lot like chicken, but has a little bit tougher of a meat if you don't cook it right. So I thought I'd just throw it in there and try that. And it came out just better than I think it's ever been before. So if you're looking to cook some rabbit, try it in your pressure cooker. Uh, some people say like 10 minutes. I thought 20 was really good. The, the vegetables were probably a little bit softer than I like them. So maybe 15 good balance because I really wanted it to just fall off the bone. So I went 20, 15 might do a good job though. Uh, but I hear, I see a lot of recipes out there just calling for 10 minutes in a pressure cooker. That seems a little, uh, too, uh, short for me but uh 20 worked really good 15 might work good but came out really great oh and i finally got my big berkey water filtration system i had a little bit of trouble uh, with my order on that and it seemed like it, it ended up taking me what about three weeks i think to get it so i was a little upset especially when the website said uh next day shipping <laughs> I said either same day or next day shipping. And yeah, three weeks later, I finally got it. So I, I took a couple emails back and forth and uh, me not being very happy. And, and, you know, the I think the person that was selling it to me wasn't very happy that I was being a little um, up front with them on some things. But, you know, I finally got it. No problems. Um, but, yeah, I love it. I, I've been using I used it. Uh, hooked it all up yesterday. Got it installed. You know, I was kind of dreading priming those filters i've i've kind of heard people talk like it was hard but it took me about 20 seconds of filter i had the i have the two black berkey filters and i also have the two um uh, fluoride filters the pf2 filters and uh, i just heard people talk about how they thought they were hard to prime but all four of them i primed with no trouble whatsoever like maybe said maybe 20 30 seconds of filter um priming them and then they I popped them in and everything's working perfect. seems like it's working great. And um, I think we're going to get a lot of years of really good use out of that thing. So uh, I think it'd be worth having. So if you don't have a big Berkey or a great water filtration system, you might look into getting one. There isn't much that's more important than a good clean water. So uh, we've we've had other methods of cleaning water and we've bought a lot of water. Because uh, I just don't like drinking municipal water, we're on a municipal water supply, and I just don't drink it. We don't cook in it or drink it. So we're always you know, either buying water or filtering it in some other way. We've had other filtering systems in the past. We even had our hands on a big Berkey at one point. Uh, we were borrowing from somebody, but they needed it back. They were moving, and we had it for a while. So, um, but yeah, they're they're great. I mean, they are great. Oh, and I finally have an office slash podcast studio again. My uh, my daughter and her uh, her son were staying here. My grandson uh, had to stay here for a while. They were, you know, they they were signed up on a lease on an apartment. That lease came to an end she didn't want to sign another lease so she was gonna have to get another apartment she didn't want to live there anymore so she moved in here for a couple months while she was um, uh, looking for an apartment another house to move into and uh, she ended up being here a little longer than two months. I think she was here about five months so she was here for a while but she finally got her a house and we got her all moved in and I got everything back moved into into that room that used to be my podcast studio so kind of out of the living room now I'd had everything on a desk in the living room and That wasn't ideal for podcasting and blogging and everything when you got, you know, the grandkids come over and visit and be running around and, you know, or or even my grandson living here for a while. he'd get pretty loud sometimes. So I didn't have a place to really do it. I think it's what caused me to not get as many um, podcasts out there for a short time there. I wasn't putting out quite as much because it was just so hard to get a quiet time in the house. I was having to get up at 2.33 in the morning just to get a little quiet time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got up, got everything moved back in there. I don't really have it all straightened up and set back up real nice yet, but it's functioning and everything's working. So, uh, it's great to have that back. Um, well, that's kind of what's going on around here. Uh, let's just jump into our main topic with, uh, with Jackie Byer. Jackie grew up on Long Island, about 20 miles from New York city. And in fourth grade, she uh, read a book about a girl who moves to Northwest Montana. And then from that day on, she was determined to move there. And at 21, she entered the University of Montana. And then during her junior year, she met her husband, Mike, on a mountainside. And they have been together for for 24 years now. And uh, Mike, he's the gardener, uh, her husband. And uh, he's been gardening in the Rocky Mountains for 40-something years. And uh, got Jackie really interested in that lifestyle. Jackie launched the Organic Gardener podcast in uh, January of 2015. And she's interviewed over 260 gardeners and food experts, so she's uh, she's been doing this a while. She's talked to a lot of people, and she'll even you'll hear her confess that she's not the gardener in the family; her husband is, but she's developed quite a love for it. You know, you you and we talk about that too, how it's just contagious, and you know, you're just bound to to develop a real love for it when you're around it all the time. You're talking to people about it all the time, and she really has, and uh, she has a lot to offer on today's podcast. We're going to talk about building your own organic garden oasis. So a really good topic, uh, something I'm kind of passionate about as well, and uh, you'll get to hear about what she, uh, what she has going on and her journey and uh, some of the projects she has right now for you and her podcast. So let's just jump right into that interview. I know you'll enjoy it. Jackie Byer, welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast.
1: Well, thanks so much Harold for having me here and just hi listeners. I'm just thrilled to be a guest on this great show.
0: Well, it's a uh, great having you and uh, I'm excited to hear all about all the things you're doing and I would you know I guess I just want to start off by wondering how did Jackie get to where she's at right now hosting the organic gardener podcast and doing all the things she's doing I mean how'd this all start where let's go back a few years and you know maybe meeting your husband and working up you know to to this podcast?
1: Sure. Well, you know, my husband and I have like a um a really romantic the way way we met because we actually met on a mountainside and we got in like this huge fight the very first like time we were talking to each other um, because I was like this passionate environmentalist and was like we should never cut down another tree again and he was like you environmentalist you always think that um you know we can't just like not cut down any trees you know there's bugs that get in the forest there's pine beetles that have killed lots of places like you have to keep a healthy forest you know like he's not into clear cutting either on the flip side as a Logger and a sawyer for years so but we were working for the forest service on this tree planting contract and so it was just really funny but it was pretty much uh we've been together ever since and that was back in 1991 Mm -hmm. um we got married in 1993 and then we when we very first got married we didn't have running water for the first six years or power or anything um and we're on 20 acres in northwest montana um and then once in like two thousand, nineteen 2000, we put in power and dug like a shallow well. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago in 2014, I think we put in a deep well. That's 560 feet deep. And so um, I've been um, I'm a teacher by trade. I'm an elementary educator and just uh, started listening to podcasting. And in 2014 or well, 2014 I joined like a podcasting group and in 2015 I launched so it'll be like I was saying 2 weeks on or it'll be 4 years on Tuesday January 29th so I don't know when this will be released we're talking just a cup on Sunday the 27th so It'll be four years. And it took me a long time to figure out how to get the recording software down. So anyway, but the interesting thing is like even though my podcast is called the Organic Gardener Podcast, I'm more the organic eater and my (laughs) husband's really the gardener. Although since I've done my podcast and I'm up to episode like – 260 so i've interviewed a lot of people like i have definitely spent more time in the garden in the last four years learned a ton like i used to say i have a brown thumb i could barely keep like a basil plant or a geranium alive but now i'm pretty confident i can grow i've grown lettuce and plants flowers and Last year, I grew my first cover crop and just like he grows what I call like the mini farm, which is like, I don't know, between a quarter of an acre and a third of an acre. Mm-hmm. Like his goal is to grow all as much of our produce and food like potatoes, carrots, like anything that we can store as we can to supplement our
0: produce bill, you know,
1: our yeah. grocery. bill. Um, but I'm more into like flowers and spending time in the garden.
0: <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so, I mean that's it's a and it's contagious. And the more you're around it, the more you hear about it, and now you're even talking about it, I'm sure you've just developed a love for it, you know, getting out there and working in the garden and being part of that.
1: Yeah, well I am so inspired. I mean, my show's a success because of my amazing guests, which I hope you're gonna be one soon. I think we have a date to talk yeah, in yeah. February scheduled. Forward to that um it's just people sharing their knowledge and their inspiration and i call my audience green future growers because like um i feel like it's more than just growing vegetables it's like you're creating a whole earth-friendly environment you know like a a space where birds are happy and and people are happy and it's just like it's more than just like a production farm it's like a place that you can live and enjoy and Mm -hmm. nature you know we're not using any Well, there's a lot more to growing organically than just not using pesticides or chemicals on your Mm -hmm. garden. I've certainly learned, and it's more like creating a whole ecosystem. So that's what I love about it.
0: Well, before we go down that path too much more, and I definitely want to, I want to back up to something you said a few minutes ago. You said you lived a few years without any running water.
1: (laughs) We did, and I could definitely give some tips about that. So, like, yeah, the number one little bit. Yeah. most important thing I think to living without water. Well, all right, there's a couple, but one is like we hauled water for a long time. And if I was going to ever do it again, I would but I would, I would give it all up. I don't care. The power, the electric, you can figure all those things out, but I would not live on a piece of property that didn't at least have like a well that I could go outside and like pump the water
0: yeah where um, was you getting the water from
1: anywhere we could <laughs> just like water churches and... like oh. you know public water places like anywhere we could like somebody would fill up our five gallon buckets like oh, wow just yeah it was and eventually we bought a 1500 gallon water truck for watering like the lawn and for doing laundry and washing dishes but it wasn't potable, so we still had to haul our drinking water. And of course, you can't use a water truck in the winter in Montana because um, it would freeze. And even like when we dug our shallow well, we would use that water truck to like gravity feed the garden, but we were still really limited to what we yeah, could that do. That
0: sounds like that was a real so, challenge.
1: <laughs> but if you have at least water, like this is another thing like that's huge. That when I moved into the house, my husband already had the drain set up. So, like, you know, doing dishes in the kitchen sink, I had to haul the water in, but I never had to haul dirty water out. We could take showers, the bathroom, you know, you had to pour water over your head, but never had a problem. So, like, that would be my number one thing. Like, at least if you have water on your property, but you don't have water in your house hooked up or, you know, you should have drains. Like, insist on drains. It's huge. Hauling dirty water out is just you don't want to have to do it if you don't have to and you should be able to hook your grains up um you know a lot of gray water can go on your garden i mean Mm -hmm. it kind of depends i think there's some places that have regulations about it but a lot of places um which your gray water is like water that doesn't have uh maybe if you have like environmentally friendly soap maybe like from your kitchen sink going down into uh out into the lawn.
0: Yeah, and I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of systems, filtering systems, the natural filtering filtering systems that people build that filters out even the gray water to to even make it more pure uh, to use on the garden. Um, you know, they just, they'll they'll put you know, it's like a box. You'll run pipes through, drain pipes through, and it'll it, you know filter with sand and soil and plants and things like that to even filter that water out further. I've seen some pretty neat setups for things like that.
1: Yeah. So and technology has made so many things so much easier and just it's come so far like solar panels alone. Like if we could have mm-hmm. uh, part of the reason we put electricity in was our neighbors did it and they dropped the price from like $10,000 to $2,000. And so
0: you let them the major part of the bill.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was just you. I mean, up until then, it had been pretty prohibitive where we were. And, and, then, and how long did you go
0: without tr- electricity and water?
1: Uh, well, it just kind of like it all came together at the same time. So we, I don't know, I've been here since 91 and we put the power in the, uh, summer of 99, I think going into 2000 by the time the whole house was hooked up. And so that's like another tip I would give people like, even like, cause I was going to school that fall, um, in Kalispell, which is like the nearest town to us, which is like 65 miles away. Right. And so they were building and they're working on it. And it's like every day I would have to get things, but like the day my husband was like, Okay, you have to go get the parts for the shower. Like, I should have been so ready for that. I should have known exactly what I wanted. I should have like done all the research. I should have known how expensive, like, because yeah. we really wanted to put this cast iron bathtub in. And then it was really hard to find the parts: the inlet, the outlet, the attachments. And I made the mistake of thinking, like, I don't know, somehow I like miscalculated, and I wasn't like counting in the cost of. Having to buy a different tub and like some of these. And so it would have actually probably been cheaper if not the same cost to use this really nice old cast iron tub that my husband had. Like we already had the tub. We just needed all the parts and that's what we had been using. That's what it had been in my house with the drains hooked up to it. And so then I ended up getting this like other tub without, you know, that was like less expensive, but in it. And then we had really cheap, um, What are those things called? Like, you know, the thing that turns the shower head on and the that actually like, you know, the spigot that comes out of the tub, like all those parts were like really inexpensive, like not well made ones. So like, I would tell anybody, like if you're building your house, even if you don't think you're going to get running water for like two years, do that research. Know what you want, because the day your husband finally says, go get it. You want to be ready. I mean, granted, you know, this was what 99 like we had just and it's so funny because like we flipped into the 21st century like cell phones, computers, right. satellite, yeah. like all overnight. Like, you know, people like barely had cell phones back then. And, and so and now
0: you could even just jump on Amazon and have that stuff at your door in a couple of days if you needed to. Yeah, it quick. it's
1: so different, but still, like, doing the research is just like I would be ready. Like, that's one thing I wish I would have done way more research and been like ready for that yeah, you question. Used, you and then, thought you'd okay. have
0: been thinking a lot about that i know
1: (laughs) just i just i don't know i just i could just was like oh i'm gonna go to the store and be like i have a coffee bathtub you know what do i buy and it never occurred to me that like they weren't gonna have it at the hardware store and I don't know.
0: Anyway. Well, yeah, it sounds like you. Uh, that would that would be a tough way to to get started and do things, especially for as long as you did it. And there's a lot of people that that's just the lifestyle they love. I mean, they they wouldn't even want to put those things in. I mean, some people would say, I don't even want an indoor toilet. You know, I want that outside. <laughs> well,
1: no, I'm totally there. Like yeah. we still have an outhouse. We still use our outhouse. Like even though the indoor plumbing works, like I love my outhouse. <laughs> but I know people laugh at me, and I'm like, I don't know. Once you have an outhouse, the thought of going to the bathroom them in the side kind of I, grosses you out yeah, but like running that. water like having a shower being able to do laundry and being able to wash dishes in the kitchen to me i don't know i like that part
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i would imagine well let's let's get back to the gardening side of things now okay. you've you've interviewed how many guests I'm, on your show? I think
1: I'm up to 260 or right 260 around 60
0: guests, and uh, so you've probably learned quite a bit about about gardening, even because you say you're, yourself you what you're not the gardener necessarily. You had the you know the brown thumb, and and uh, so you probably learned it a lot from some of your guests.
1: Still does 90 of the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure you've learned a lot. What's some what's some good advice you've gotten from some of your guests?
1: Uh, Well, definitely the number one theme throughout my whole show has been um healthy soil, just mm. making your soil as nutritious, keeping a healthy environment. Like you, a big question people talk about are pests and diseases, but then the number one solution everybody comes up with is the healthier you can have your plants be in the beginning, the healthier your soil is. Um, water's a new, uh, a huge one, like being able to water your plants enough, they're going to be healthy enough that they're going to resist disease and resist pests. Um, another surprising one is like having like a sacrificial plant and this like actually mm-hmm. like came in. Um, so I, did I talk about like Mike has this like little mini farm and, and so he grew more broccolis than we'd ever been ready to grow, which is like my favorite food. And I was like, please grow me broccolis. And one plant completely got like it almost looked like it was moving. It was so infested with aphids, and I was just like, "What is this?" And it was just completely covered in them. But none of the other plants got it, and so we just left that one plant yeah, there, still growing. With all the, and I can't believe I didn't take a picture of it. But then none of the bugs really got on any of the other plants, and so, um, and that's kind of like the whole idea of the oasis is like if you're if you're growing. For the most part, I've had very few people come on and talk about like on the rare occasion, they have to wipe out a whole crop because they got some pest or bug in there. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, you might have to sacrifice some plants or maybe like you're not going to have cabbages one year, but you are going to have like your lettuce is going to grow and your spinach is going to grow and your kale is going to grow like most things are going to do really well. Uh, I have heard some people that have real have had really hard trouble with moles and mice and, and critters like that getting mm-hmm. into their gardens, but definitely healthy soil is like the number one key people have said to having like, you know, the um, biggest resistance to um, pests and diseases coming in. And then also like it brings in beneficial insects. And, and so that's another one. Like um, I interviewed this woman, Anastasia Cole who, uh, Runs this place called the Farm on the Roof, which is like the one of the biggest um, farms on roofs in the world. It's in Brooklyn. And I went up there um, last summer when I was visiting my family and took pictures. And, like, my mom was so amazed that they had, like, this whole perimeter around their farm was just this gorgeous, like, foot-wide path of herbs and beneficial flower flowers that brought in, like, beneficial insects. Yeah lace wings and assassin beetles and um praying mantises and and bees and pollinators and and bringing in those flat like having those flowers and bringing in those insects gets rid of a lot of the pests. so that was another part of um thing i've learned and then cover crops would be like probably the third biggest thing that we really are kind of getting new but like even if you're just a backyard gardener like one small bed you can still fill in cover crops really well and that's like a way to grow your soil by adding nutrients Mm -hmm. to it
0: yeah i would probably uh, head that direction on many of those topics myself you know the soil is really important Uh, companion planting and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah cover crops i mean it's something we do here a lot in all three areas and so yeah i think that's great advice and i can see that being a a common uh, theme for most gardeners because it's just it doesn't take you very long uh, when you're gardening, to realize how important healthy soil is. I mean, it's just it is the key to your garden and having healthy plants. And but I like what you said about the uh, the sacrificial plant. You know, I've noticed that, and a lot of folks would rip that plant out and all oh, that's just infested. Let's get rid of that. And when right. you do that, they're just going to move on to the next plant <laughs> and uh maybe to all your plants if you if they if you get them away from that one. So yeah, that's a great that's a great piece of advice.
1: Really. I know. I just like I had had guests talk about it, but I had never really seen it until that one year and I. Was- I was like, wow, look at that! That's just mm-hmm. amazing. And yeah, it didn't really, but bo- they didn't bother like the other broccoli. I ate. the problem we have with the broccolis that year were the squirrels. Like we have a huge deer fence because oh. in Montana you've got to have a deer fence. Um, but the squirrels, you know, and the chipmunks would run along the top of the fence and they could get in and out of the garden. They would just chew on my broccoli and they would take like two bites and then move on to the next one. And two bites wow. and move on to the next one and it's just.
0: Just so you couldn't enjoy it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that being uh, pretty disappointing. Um, well, let's talk about this this garden oasis thing. you mentioned it a couple times. Um, what do you mean exactly when you're talking about that?
1: Uh, well, so to me, what I've been talking about is like a place that produces food, but also is like some place that you really want to hang out. Some place that like another big theme that really I hadn't thought about until I started my podcast was places that your kids are learning to crawl kids are toddlers are running around kids are playing soccer um Lawns where your dogs and cats are running, and they they generally have smaller bodies and they're just more susceptible to chemicals and weed killers mm-hmm. and sprays that you're going to put in your lawn so having um, an earth friendly lawn and landscape a place that's so it's not just about growing an organic vegetable garden and getting the most produce I mean we certainly talk about effective practices and being efficient and strategic and different things you can do to get more food for the amount of spa you know getting the most amount of food out of the space because gardening is a lot of work and if you're and if you're going to do all that work you want you know you want to have successful results but also like creating a place that's um you know really cares about the environment really like is a good place for humans to be um but also like you know encourages like snakes and frogs and turtles to live there and and um you know different wildlife that comes in the butterflies like i said and the bees and the pollinators and just mm-hmm. um where you have like a whole ecosystem built up around your place and it's some place that like i don't know i get to spend a lot of time hanging out in our garden because um Even if I am working full time, when I come home at the end of the day, Mike makes it a really nice place to stay. It's like when we have visitors; that's our favorite place for people to come. When the grandkids come, they love to hang out there. And just, I really feel like it's it's helping you create a place that, um, you know, is a place that you want to enjoy. Mike's made so many paths through our places and little Mm, walkways that make it more than just um a place where you're just going to grow to grow food.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you know, and I. those same practices I try to to, to to carry out here. You know, have a productive garden. Have a garden that's that's healthy and safe. Have a garden that's environmentally environmentally friendly, but you know, have a place that kind of feeds your soul as well, you know, that you can go out there and you just feel at home and you can walk around and you just feel good about it, you know, and it just you feel like this is where I want to hang out. I mean there's days I say I'm going out to work in the garden, but I'm really not working in the garden. I'm grabbing a lawn chair and just sitting out there in the garden, you know what I mean? Because it just it just kind of does something to you. It makes you feel good.
1: And because you're working hard and you're out in your truck and just, yeah, you should have a place to come back to at the end of the day that you like to enjoy and just, I don't know, to me, that's my favorite part. I like to paint a lot. Like my all time dream is to be a children's book illustrator and Mm -hmm. I like to sit in the garden and relax and do things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that being a perfect place for that. But yeah, I just, I, I agree that having a, you know, having a place is just beautiful. It's so important. And I think a lot of homesteaders, especially, um, they, they kind of get wrapped up on the, the production side of it. You know, it's like, we just want a productive garden. We want to be able to feed our family. And it's just this one, you know, kind of aim to, to, to do that. And that's, that's great. That's a great goal to have, but if you can, if you can build a place that's beautiful and, and, and comfortable and, you know, just a, just a place you really want to spend time to. I just think that there's, it's an important part of gardening, I think.
1: And I think there's a lot of things that can make a big difference. Like when, when we didn't have running water, we would go to the lake, like Every single day of the summer, I'm not exaggerating. Like we we're, and now I find we never go to the lake, but it does get really hot in places in the afternoon. Like finding a really nice shady spot to sit mm-hmm. um, sometimes, because a lot of gardens need, you know, full sun. So um, another thing that can make it like not the nicest place is mosquitoes. And so, um, you know, planting yarrow around your perimeter can help kind of eliminate that. And then just other different things that you can do to make it a bit of a nicer place to hang out
0: yeah yeah well let me let's kind of back up a little bit and and i would like to know why organic gardening is so Im- important for you i mean uh, you obviously care a lot about the environment and you know the the insect the bees and butterflies and birds and all that i mean is it is is that what it's all about for you do you just see the how harmful uh, the other ways of gardening are that you want to just kind of um do organic gardening to kind of counter against that? Or is there a bigger reason?
1: Well, you know, that's a really good question. And it's not like we're certified organic or anything. I mean, I talk a lot about earth-friendly practices and natural practices. But just, um, you know, and certainly when I go shopping at the store, I, I can barely afford to by organic food so that's like a big part of it is like i said i'm really the organic eater like Mm -hmm. i like to eat really healthy nutrient i'm not even sure i knew i i still remember like asking somebody like what does nutrient dense mean you know but growing nutrient dense vegetable like you don't realize like um how important it is that the food that you have is actually nutritious like a lot of processed food doesn't you know the nutrients and the longer it between the date that you harvest something and you actually eat it like a lot of vegetables are losing their nutrients and you Mm -hmm. want something that's getting all that healthy soil and the food from the soil grown up into the plant and so um for me eat it it's it's really a lot about the eating the food, you know, having the food that I want to put my body available. Right. Like I don't want to be eating food that's grown with bunches of pesticides in it, you know, a lot of food that you get in the store is grown for um, you know, for transport, for the time it takes to get for storage, for like mm-hmm. how long how how it's going to look when somebody buys it in the store you know, three weeks or months after it's been harvested. And so being able to grow food that's still full of like the, you know, that you can get the most vitamins out of that. You can get the most minerals out of that. You can get the most nutrition out of that. I can put into my body to stay healthy, I guess is really where a lot of it comes from. And like, truth be told, I had never heard of like no till or permaculture until I started my podcast. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a learning process for me too. I just, I was the same way. I just wanted to eat healthy. You know, I, uh, you know, I had cancer and, you know, uh, at one point, you know, I was trying to, you know, just, Get healthy again, and and I you know eating eating good food right from my backyard seemed like the best way to do that. So it was the number one reason. But I also you know because I like all those practices as well. You know I don't want to help the environment. All those kind of things just kind of come along with it for me. But yeah, the number one reason for me as well was eating healthy.
1: Yeah, because that's important today, and I think people don't realize how. like the lack of nutrition and also just like there's a huge thing in taste like if you taste a homegrown strawberry and you taste a strawberry you get at the store they're so different and then like my i talk about a lot on my show people are surprised but like i don't even put tomatoes on my salad most of the winter like mike pickles beets and to me that's a great place to get antioxidants and like it's got a lot of the same things that a red vegetable has and so just trying to eat more locally trying to reduce our carbon footprint but also like trying to get things that are um in our invite you know that grow here you know beets grow really well in montana tomatoes not so much
0: well you know i love tomatoes but them store-bought tomatoes they're just not the same
1: Yeah, and so just um, slowly, like I said, Mike's goal has always been to try to grow as much of our food as he can, and so yeah. it you, tastes you, great and it's more nutritious for us, and I think uh, I think that really helps.
0: Do you uh, preserve a lot of food as well? I mean, you can and and things like that.
1: Mike cans like carrots and green beans and beets mm-hmm. and pickles and um he bakes a lot of our bread i don't really can and we don't we would love to get a chest freezer we really want to build a root cellar um, but just, you know, you always have goals over the years and yeah. just yeah. the fact that we dug a well was huge. So <laughs> well,
0: it sounds like you're doing True. great. You're making, making a lot of steps and I'm sure in no time you'll have all those <laughs> things as well. So, uh, yeah, well, sounds like you've really developed a passion for, for this kind of gardening and, and, and your garden, uh, your organic oasis and, and all that. But what, what kind of things, uh, are you doing right now as far as, I mean, we, of course your podcast, you got a popular podcast that's doing great. What other things things you're working on?
1: Well, for my podcast, I've been working on this, um, it's going to be called free, it's free dot com, and mm-hmm. just, and then hopefully there's going to be a workbook with it. If people are interested in like a hard copy, that's got like, cause I made a lot of check, you know, since I'm an elementary educator, like, you know, so I've made a bunch of quizzes to go with it and like yeah. checklists and just different things to kind of help walk people through it. And then because, you know, I mean, it's kind of like my podcast. I mean, we're just passionate about teaching other people and helping people because my husband and I are both very passionate about you know, saving our planet and trying to, like, yeah. make sure there's still a planet for our grandkids in the future. So,
0: right.
1: you know, just getting that information out there and helping people see that they can be successful, too. And
0: that's exactly how I feel about it as well, too. You know, I want to pass on the information. Uh, you know, I just find that, like, for me, I'm actually an urban uh, homesteader. You know, we I know. I saw your pictures. And in the, yeah. The and place. I'm trying to do a lot here. And it's but because I didn't have a lot of acreage and a lot of room, you know, it, for years I didn't. I thought, well, I really can't do that much, so why do anything at all? And so I have this passion to just, like, get people to do something right where they're at. So I love that you're putting out this course because I think it will inspire a lot of folks to just start gardening, even if they have just a little bit of land or maybe even just a place to set some pots or whatever, and just get started with doing some good, healthy gardening and and feeding themselves a little bit better and, and and you know, being a little kinder to the planet and all that. So, yeah, I mean, as a grandfather myself, you know, i I want to see things get better for my grandchildren, not worse, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, like, one of the things that makes my show a success is kind of, like, my curiosity and, like, the fact that I'm not – The expert, because I I make a better listener and I ask questions that I think Mm. my listeners and like you were saying, like newer gardeners, like in my book, a lot of the things I've written is like, if you've never gardened before, like if I was starting without Mike, like these are the things that I would do. These are the steps that I would take. Like these are the like I would just start like with like lettuce, peas. And carrots, I think yeah. my first year, you know, like I, cause those are easy to grow and they pretty much like are cooler weather crops. Because I All think right. one of the hardest things for me is like remembering the water. Like I even planted these. Herb seeds, like a, some basil, and I don't know what else is growing. Like Mike's laughing, he was like, "What did you plant?" I'm like, "I don't know." And did I label them? No. And then he's always like, "You didn't water them today. You have to water them." Like I forget to water things, and so a lot of what I put in there is like simple steps that I would do if I was starting from scratch. And so I yeah, think that kind of helps people a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, it sounds like you do have a passion for it. you developed a real passion for it and I think a lot of folks can really benefit uh, from what you got going on there and your podcast is great. I, you have some great guests on and you ask great questions. so I hope folks will, will go check that out. but you want to just uh, drop some information about all that where they can check out your uh, your website, your podcast Oh sure, and anything else you have going on?
1: Yeah, thanks, Harold. So my po- my website is just organic dot com all spelled out and you can get all the information from there. And if you want to sign up for a free garden course, I, we started it last year when I came home over Christmas vacation. Like, I don't know how some suddenly all of a sudden all the 12 chapters and the table contents. And I've been working on it for a year and I am hoping it's going to like official, like the relaunch is going to be on Tuesday, January 29th. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it'll really get there, I don't know. But, uh. You can sign up and see what's been done so far. And-
0: well, it sounds great. I, I think uh, folks should definitely head over and check it out, and I'll put those links in the, uh, the show notes for folks to, to check out, and uh, I'm sure they'll uh, head on over and uh, give your podcast a listen because uh, well, if they're not, they're, they're, they're missing out. <laughs> like I said, you have some great guests on. You, have, you do a great job.
1: Well, thanks. And I do have great guests. And if any of your listeners ever have any questions about, you know, homesteading or living without running water or getting started, you know, don't hesitate to email me. I mean, I'm on Facebook or on Instagram and or just, you know, you can, there's like a contact page on the website somewhere. I don't think people have a hard time finding me. You, so. have, a,
0: you have a pretty good uh, Facebook group too, it looks like.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, w- I don't get to spend as much time in it as I would like, but I'm. I'm getting better and, Just, uh, there's people from all around the world in there. It's amazing. They kind of actually, certainly lots of things get shared in there. So Mm -hmm. it is a, it's a, it's just amazing. I just feel blessed to be a podcast host. I think it's the best (laughs) way to meet your peeps and make friends like you and just, um, you know, talk to people and learn. It things. is a
0: lot of fun. I wish I had more time to do more of them, but uh, it is a lot of fun, and I enjoy it a lot. And and I, like I said, I enjoy listening to podcasts. I have a lot of time through the day as I'm driving to to listen to a lot of shows. So I really appreciate uh, folks like you and others that uh, you know are faithful about yeah. putting the show out and and you know giving us some. Some things to learn, and uh, even having some entertainment. I mean, it's a uh, you know, it's not all just about learning. It's just fun to listen to to folks and hear what they've got going on as well.
1: Yeah, well, I love biography, so I'm just always fascinated, yeah. and I think like you do that it's um it's just great to listen. I'm I appreciate you saying that because I always feel bad. Like I used to put out a show every Monday and Thursday, and I feel like only putting out a show once a week isn't that much anymore.
0: Well, if I could get one out every week all the time, I'd feel pretty good. But I, every once in a while, I don't even get them out weekly, so I completely understand. It's really it's it's like a part time job, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is. Oh, it's huge. The amount of work I spend on my podcast is just huge. Huge,
0: but
1: yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes.
0: So, Well, it sounds like it's going really well. You've been doing it a long time, and I look forward to um, hopefully many more years of uh, listening to your podcast.
1: Well, thanks so much for letting me share with your audience.
0: Yeah, it was great. Have a great day.
1: All right. You too, Harold.
0: Well, there it was, folks. Uh, great interview with Jackie. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Jackie. I'm looking forward to being on her podcast. I'm going on her podcast next week. I don't know when it will air, but I'm I'm being interviewed on her podcast next week, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'll have links to her website and her free organic garden course in the show notes. So head on over to the show notes. You can find those at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 113 this is episode 113 and uh, i just some really good stuff there and i know you'll enjoy our podcast so go check that out i also want to tell you and just remind you uh about the homestead forum membership community you like this podcast you like what we're doing you want to support it and you want to get some extra stuff too Join the Homestead Forum membership community. You can learn more about the benefits of membership by by uh, going to smalltownhomestead.com and clicking on become a member there in the menu. Or you can just head on over to the homesteadforum.com, and that takes you over there as well. But um, it, we just got a lot of great stuff going on there. We do have a forum. Of course, it's a forum. I mean, you can get in there and interact with other homesteaders. and um you know, we have extra podcasts in there. We have videos in there. We have discounts to all kinds of products in there. So you want to check that out. It's really, really worth what it costs to be a member, and you get to support this uh, this show. I sure do appreciate you joining me on today's podcast. It was a lot of fun. I, I You know, I got a lot of interviews here over the next couple of weeks uh, that I'll be doing, so you'll be hearing from a few guests. I really enjoy those. I'm hoping to do a lot more interviews this year. Uh, in the past, we've had, you know, kind of had stints where we'll do some you know, quite a few interviews and then I'll do a lot of solo shows. And then we did some Q and a shows and now we're kind of back on the, the interview thing. And, and I like all that. I really do. It's all, I like the variety of the show. I like doing different things, but we got a few guests lined up here and I really enjoy the the guests coming on and I get to learn a lot and get to, to hear folks story and their journey into homesteading and gardening. It's always a lot of fun. So if you want to come on the podcast and tell us about your, um, your journey into homesteading and some of the things you've got going on. You're always welcome to do that. There's a if you go to the uh, the podcast page at the website at smalltownhomestead.com, There at the top you'll see a link for uh, uh, to be a guest on the uh, on the podcast and just fill out that form and um, best you can. You know if you don't fill out everything, I'll still contact you. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on if you got something that you want to talk about in the homesteading that's homesteading related. And uh, always uh, eager to uh, hear about uh, what folks are what folks are doing on their homestead. So do that if you'd like. Uh, thanks for the uh, reviews in iTunes and in other places, and there on the website even. I always appreciate that. Been getting a lot of visits to the website lately. A lot of a lot of folks checking out the articles and the show notes and the podcast. Really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much for listening. And until next week, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com.
1: There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.